Welcome, welcome, welcome. Yeah. Uh, that's okay. How many times can I make? How many times has that term been uttered in the history of radio? But anyway, welcome on in. It is the Saturday show here on the Zone Sports Network. Big thanks to our friends at the uh, Jazz Fan Show. Ahead of us, Ryan Van Dorn and the crew. Shelby Jones, yeah. Shelby Jones, yep. And uh, getting making way for us. Those guys do a great job, so make sure you check out that show, the Tri Day Trading Utah Jazz Fan Show. I'm Adrian Leiser here with uh, Jake Hatch and behind the glass, Alex Londenberg. Is uh, it's another week here? It's a freezing, frigid, cold day along the Wasatch Front, or is it just in this room? It actually feels really good to me, but I, you know me, I'm a pretty hot-blooded individual, so I don't mind this actually. I'll, I'll be cold like midway through this show, mm-hmm. but I did have to. I took the train north today to come up to the show. I'm going to the bees game later, so I figured I'd not drive too Princess cars. night. Yep, that's uh, cool. Take my daughter to Princess Night over at, the, at Smith's Ballpark. Should be a fun time. I'm gonna go tomorrow. I think I'm gonna go catch the day game tomorrow. Smart man, you are a smart man. Princess Night. Find, went, find somewhere in the shade and just uh, enjoy some day baseball. I went. I went last year. Princess Night is insane. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> it's fun though. When time. all the uh, all the movie princesses show up, uh-huh. I don't know like, how many are there. Ooh, last year there were close to twenty, I think different what's fun for you too i'm sure is that your daughter's starting to get old enough that it really is like clicking that she's oh, seen these don't worry we we have a new dress that we're, we're oh, wearing for tonight fun we're very excited how old is she now almost three almost three yeah mm-hmm. so she's just starting to like really understand what she's seeing on rapunzel merida i mean i don't really know i don't know how oh, quickly brains develop as a as young children but i would assume that she's ready to really get into the disney mode the princess mode yeah, no, it, it, so it's it's fun. To, cool. It's fun. It is a lot of fun. So we'll have some fun with that tonight. But So you in the took meantime, the train, you let your wife's going to drive everybody up for you? She can drive up and meet me up here. So I, I walked over from the train station. It's quite warm outside. So once it I is. got here, I'm like, oh, this feels great. Technically, I mean, I feel like summer's over kind of now with um, schools getting going for, you know, high schools and elementaries and junior high. I think university, when do they get into class? Uh, and most of the colleges will be starting class pretty soon. They usually go a little bit later. They're usually re- more around uh, Labor Day, but you never know with the university schedules anymore. Well, good luck to all you uh, college students. <laughs> Either starting college, go to class. Uh-huh. Um, I learned that. You got to kind of go to class to get good grades. Shocking. So eventually I started going every day, yes. And then, I uh, <laughs> hope oh, my parents are listening. Um <laughs> And uh, if you're finishing up your final years, uh, good luck and finish finish strong. Uh, graduating college, I mean, I was happy that I did it. So, yeah, no, it, it, it's it's an accomplishment. It's a lot of work, though. It's a lot of work, but it is a great accomplishment once you're done. Would I ever go back? No. People <laughs> always ask, like, would you go back to school? I'd go back to high school for a Get little a, bit. Oh no, I would never. I would. I enjoyed high school. I work. You don't want to go back to high school. I work in the high school as a coach. Is it pretty bad? It is bad. Okay. All right. Well, maybe those kids are so mean to each other. It okay. is a different. Like when we were in high school, texting was kind of coming around, yeah. and like, like I went into high school when the first flip phone oh, uh, phone came too, out. Worry, so yeah. and you were you were you're a little older than me, Alex. I'm not sure how old you are, but uh, it's bad now with like Snapchat and stuff, where the messages can just disappear, and they're all. Oh, Hey. Just the stories are here. It's okay. it's bad. So no, you don't want to go back. And if you're Maybe I don't. if you've got kids in high school, make sure they're being kind to one another out there. Hey, that's a big thing. Be nice. Be kind. The well, more you know. Be kind while there's still time, as the poem goes. Yeah. 
it's bad. Anyway, yeah. anyway, <laughs> I feel sorry for. Off to an interesting start here. Yes, with anyway, this show. Uh, uh, Saturday show, of course, here on the Zone Sports Network. Um, we're going to talk a lot of football camp, also the Jazz, as the schedule has been released. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a it's a pretty even balanced schedule, so we'll kind of get into that. There's not going to be any. I like what PK always says that it always evens out. Yeah, and so, but this year there's not much of that going on in uh, in on the Jazz schedule. I think they've got a pretty good schedule. They've even got some primetime games that don't start at eight thirty. Yeah, which is amazing. ESPN and TNT, the majority of their national nationwide doubleheaders have had the tip times move forward mm-hmm. to avoid the. 8.30 Mountain Time to 10.30 Eastern Time tip. They've been moved up to 8 or 7.30. Hey, as a guy who lives here in the western United States, I'm all on board with that. I also probably need to take a minute at some point during today's show talk about Team USA. Yes, uh, Donovan Mitchell that. had a good showing, and then, of course, De'Aaron Fox today decides, you know what? I don't want to play anymore. I'm out. What in the world is going on with Team USA in the World Cup of Basketball? Yeah, we'll have to talk about that a little it, bit. It is um, – I, I, I guess I would guess that the World Cup isn't that um, important to a lot of these guys. Now, when it comes to Olympic time, I think you're going to see most oh, yes. everybody playing. Well, yeah, they're all they're all on board for the Olympics. Give me that gold medal, but World Cup, mm, you know. But I'm surprised Aaron Fox withdrew. So we'll get into that. Yeah. So plenty to go through yeah. today. Uh, we are brought to you today by our good friends at Stockton 12 Honda. We were down there last week. Always good to be down there visiting our good friends and our title sponsors of the show. Yeah, I, I should go see them about a car. Uh oh, your, your car having issues? No, but oh, it just okay. those cars look so nice. Oh, their cars are awesome. <laughs> I, I'm just, telling you, I was looking at one of those new H- HRVs. Mm-hmm. It's like they're a little smaller. Yeah. Uh, SUV it's crossover. So nice. Yeah, a little crossover. But anyway, all right. So yeah, we got a lot. We'll let you hear some interviews from the week. Uh, we had a lot of voices from around opponents that the uh, Utes and Cougars would be playing, as well as some locals. We'll also let you hear from Steve Starks as uh, he was on the big show, and he uh, talked about his new position uh, moving out of president of the Utah Jazz but into um, a CEO position. So, Steve, gracious with his time. A lot of uh, the the higher-ups have been very gracious with their time, including Gail Miller, uh, Justin Zanuck, Steve Starks is jumping on the show. So we'll let you hear from that later as well. But let's start with camp, Jake. Okay. You've been at BYU every day. We've had a lot of uh, – we'll let you hear from Kyle Whittingham, who uh, – spoke today after they had practice, but they've officially flipped into game week. Yeah, so today Kyle Whittingham coming out and announcing that fall camp is closed. Uh, So they'll come back Monday. They'll probably take tomorrow off, I would assume, up at the U as well as BYU. And then Monday will be the official kickoff. It is game week time, and it's an extended game week, obviously, because we are still going to be 10 days out at least from from the game to 11, 11 days from the game, but Extended time to get ready for this game. Of course, it is a big rivalry showdown, so I completely understand these two rivals saying, okay, yeah, we're going to spend some extra time getting ready for this season. Let's go. Of course, the conversation is that the Utes are on the streak, and what does BYU need to do to end the streak? Um, <laughs> I think you're – you have any thoughts on that? Cause I'm sure BYU could use them. Well, you know, it's really fascinating. We had uh, Greg Rubel on the Tony and Austin show yesterday. Uh-huh. And he made a very interesting point because Tony asked him, what are some things that be essentially Tony asked, is it self-inflicted that BYU is lost or is it Utah being um, just more talented or making those extra plays or whatever? And Greg made the point where he said, well, you can't really put your finger on anything. He said it comes down to the scoreboard, really. 
and there have been games where BYU has lost with more turnovers. They turnovers. They've lost with less turnovers. They've, you know, BYU has lost with more yards. They've lost with less yards. They've Correct. lost with you know. So this has kind of been the this streak has been kind of up and down in the sense that there isn't a one thing that you can really put your finger on other than Utah has been able to make the plays to uh, find the way to get the victories. And, and Tony all- even made the point. He said he doesn't believe that Utah's even played that well in a lot of these victories. Well, I think most people, if you were to go game by game and look at these eight games, there are different storylines in each of them. Right. But let's be real. The only thing that, ends at the, that matters at the end of the day is the scoreboard, the right. final score on that scoreboard. And as it stands... Utah has an eight-game win streak that it stretches a decade at this point. There are BYU fans who I'm pretty sure would do a lot of different things if they could guarantee that the Cougars would win this upcoming game. Yeah, and I, I know it's on. This is more than just a game for both teams. I think we even heard uh, was I think it was Aaron Roderick when he was talking with PK. Uh, he said last year they kind of went with the uh, no one's responsible for this streak on this team. Mm-hmm. It's time let's try to end it. Blah blah blah. But he's even he admitted that oh it's. It's time for BYU to get a win. Yeah, I think every BYU fan yeah. is screaming amen to that thought. It's going to be tough, though. This Utah yeah. team, you've seen this hype. and the, the hype surrounding Utah right now is just out of this world. Uh, PK had a thought earlier on the week that I agree with. That like, Let's be real. The hype that Utah has had building for them, the national media, some of the local media hyping them up, there's almost nowhere to go but down in a way. Does that make sense? In terms of trying, to, you have to. You can only match expectations for Utah. I think. I, I think this year you can't exceed them, and that's the tough part. Yeah, well, I guess there isn't. You can exceed expectations in my mind when you. I mean, I don't expect what, the college football yeah, playoff. I don't expect them to go to the college football playoff. I okay. would. I would never pick them to go there <laughs> right. just because. I know some people have, but I. I would wait till I see that. So that to me would be exceeding expectations. Now falling short of that would be not winning the Pac-12 South. Correct. Right. That would be total faltering or not going to a Rose Bowl. I think they're the best equipped team in the Pac-12 to go to the Rose Bowl. Yeah, I would agree. So to me, it maybe it's maybe there's such a fine line right now, Jake, to that point, to the point you're making, is that the drop-off from falling short of expectations is Pac-12 title to... There's a cliff. It, you would, it's from Pac-12 title <laughs> to expectations exceed as the playoff, so that's, that's some high expectations, right? I, I get that, but I also feel like, okay, let, let's just say this plays out. Utah goes 9-3 and three this year, say for example. But people would be disappointed, yes. People would be disappointed. And also, I think it'd be doubly disappointed if a team, let's say uh, USC, all of a sudden that air raid is lights out, and JT Daniels is everything he's been hyped up to be, USC's defense. Graham Harrell is... He's, they go ten and two. They yeah. steal the Pac-12 South title from you, Utah fans. That is going to be an utter disappointment. Even though a nine and three season, in all reality, should it's be good. celebrated. Yeah, but it, but with the current yeah, that, that's a good point. The current <laughs> the current expectation is Pac-12 title game, and then exceeding expectations is playoff. So there's really no. It's, it's so narrow. It is narrow. So I I think Utah is going to be really really good this year. So do I. But talk about there is a there's a very you see that ceiling sitting right above them and it's it's very hard to break through that and you're gonna have to do some incredible things to break mm-hmm. through that. But if you do fall a little bit short of it, it's almost like you're you've just fallen off a cliff in, in many yeah. people's eyes. It's yeah, that's wild. That's it's kinda it's un, uncharted territory. It is. For a team like Utah. Now the the big boys in college football, this is their everyday life. Correct. 
Yeah. The you know the the traditional Michigan and Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama. I mean, and I'm not putting Utah on their level, but I'm saying that the true title contenders. This is what these yeah. kind of schools go through every mm-hmm. single year. Yes. Whereas one loss and people may consider them a disappointment because one loss can knock them out of their goals, which is to win another national title. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, I think I think there's a there's a there's a formation right now, well, not formation, a, a, almost a change for Utah going on right now. Is they're moving from, I think, very good territory mm-hmm. in a in a Power Five, and now they're trying to move into great territory, and that's, and there's another territory that's title contender beyond that, mm-hmm. but it's talk about you are you said there's a very fine line of where you can go with this, and I think everything is trending towards how we've been. Hearing, hearing about Utah, of course, practices have been closed. So we haven't had anybody inside to really tell us what's going on. But everything we have heard coming from inside the program is Kyle Whittingham is very pleased with this team. And Kyle, let's be real, he does not throw out a bunch of fluff all the time. No. He's very real about things. And if he's really liking this team, I think that should lead to confidence for Utah fans. Yeah, this season is huge to, going back on what you were saying a little bit before, this mm-hmm. season is huge in entrenching them as a power correct traditional power yeah because they're always in the south going to be going against um the la schools USC, and at UCLA. any time yeah. could those schools flip things around yes arizona state arizona always have their seasons right. where they pop up as well but i think utah's trying to establish themselves and getting out of the every couple years they're going to pop up correct they want to be right? they want to be a contender and they want to be a contender out. every year so yeah. maybe this season if they find that success all of a sudden the recruiting goes sky high because they've won a Pac-12 title they can entrench themselves in a team that's cons- and they've always been consistently good but can they be a team that's consistently like oh I'm picking Utah to go to the Rose Bowl every year or every, instead of every 4 years it kind of goes cyclical for a lot of programs mm-hmm. in this country outside of the big guys most teams kind of have to wait for a rotation. But can they be like a Washington who has been in the conversation seemingly every year for the last four or five years? They have. Now, they haven't reached it. They mm-hmm. got there once, yes. and um, they didn't show well. But they've always been in the conversation to go to the Rose Bowl. They're always seemingly picked to be that team. So can Utah be that team that year in and year out um, is picked to do that? And I think a season like this can really, really solidify that role in the South. Because they're help. always going to be able to mm-hmm. get a defense, and as long as Whittingham's there, they're going to put good teams on the field. But maybe this is the season that says, hey, we are better than USC and UCLA going forward. Will they have a, I don't know. You never know with USC and UCLA because they might just one year get every best prospect. <laughs> yeah. Or, or it could be like Florida where they have the number nine recruiting class ever and fall short you have multiple guys leaving school right yeah yeah. but anyway uh, can they offset the allure of playing in southern california and entrench themselves as a power yeah no absolutely i think the season's huge for that yeah so we'll we'll see where utah goes with this let's take a minute and talk about byu as well here adrian because this is a season i think byu uh jay drew was on the was on with dj and pk earlier this week talking about the confidence in the some of the i guess hype's probably the wrong word it wasn't that wasn't the word technically used but in terms of just the confidence of byu fans and is it 
is it beyond what BYU can uh, can accomplish this year? And Jay felt like it was a little bit to the degree of BYU fans have placed a lot of faith and trust in a guy in Zach Wilson who had an incredible performance down the stretch last season, a perfect performance in a bowl game against the Western Michigan team up there in Boise. And I think BYU fans are expecting continued progression from him. But I almost feel like I'm with Jay in this, that BYU fans are expecting – John Beck senior year type play from a guy who is going to be a true sophomore. Does right. that make sense? Mm-hmm. I think Zach Wilson has all the moxie in the world. Every time I have talked to him, he is unflappable. He's a guy who is very confident in his abilities, but we are talking about a 19-year-old kid who has a mountain of expectations heaped on his shoulders right now. And that's I like the word heap there yeah. because last time we saw a mountain of Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Expectations. Yeah, Jake Keeps is a sophomore <laughs> and he crumbled. Yeah. That. No, I'm not saying they're the same player. I just that word you used just yes. made me think of that. No, it's true. You're you're right. There there are comparisons between these two players, absolutely, because they split time as a true freshman, mm-hmm. had great showings down the final stretch of their freshman season, came into the sophomore season with all kinds of expectations. Jake Heaps floundered. We're about to find out what Zach Wilson's gonna do. I am of the opinion Zach Wilson is able to handle this better than Jake Heaps, having covered both of these guys, but there is still a lot of <laughs> There's a lot of pressure on this kid. There's a lot of pressure, and it's seemingly – it's just a tough spot to go into that schedule. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're talking about – I mean, even though there's some turnover at USC and Washington and Tennessee is, oh, they're – I mean, everyone's – well, they're not very good in the the SEC. They're still Tennessee. Yes. That's still a school you got to go on the road and play at one of the most storied um, stadiums in college football. Neyland Stadium, yeah. I actually and for Zach to be going into this kind of schedule, mm-hmm. they may lose all four games. They could, and, and we'll have to. And they still could be a good team. And they could still be a good team. They could go six and six this year, and we could still we'd be like, dang, that Zach played pretty well all year long. They just couldn't quite get over the hump, and they only got mm-hmm. six wins. Yeah, I'm not picking them to do that, but it could happen. It could. But Absolutely. that first, these first four games are a completely different animal than he was playing in down the stretch. Of last season. Correct. Absolutely. I know he played against well against Utah, um, but they were without a lot of their guys too. So I'm with you. There's a lot, a lot of pressure on this young man. He seems like he's as confident as anybody. Yes. I mean, I think all the quarterbacks in this state this year well, yeah, are. Yeah, Jordan you, Love. You talk to Tyler Huntley, and he's about as confident a young man as anyone you'll meet as well. Yeah. So a lot of expectations on Zach Wilson. At least they have a guy like that going into these games and mm-hmm. not someone you're thinking, oh, man, can he handle the pressure? Because like you say, uh, being around Zach and covering him, he seems like a, he believes in his abilities. Oh, he absolutely does. I can, I can assure you of that. And that's and I think people there, there are people that confuse um, uh, the confidence level that he has because he's very confident in his abilities with him just being overconfident in, in himself. He carries himself a certain way because he understands what he can do and what he can't do, I think. And that's where I think he sets himself apart a little bit here, Adrian. Football is his life. This kid watches film more than anything else he does in his life. He Football is what he does. It's his hobby. There have been quarterbacks that have come through BYU in recent years. Football was something they did. Mm-hmm. This is Zach Wilson's life. That's what's going to set him apart in my mind. 
He's more in the vein of a Riley Nelson, a John Beck, a Max Hall versus a Tanner Mangum, a Jake Heaps, etc. And that's not to say that Jake Heaps and Tanner Mangum didn't have good careers at BYU uniforms at points in their career, Mm -hmm. but you feel like there's a different um, vibe around Zach Wilson than some of those other guys. Yeah, I totally agree, but then it comes down to team. It does. And we had, you know, and... When you look at BYU, can do they have enough talent to be able to get through this first four with a couple of wins? It's and we'll see. I mean, who's the the guy from Pick Six Preview? Brett Siancia. Brett Siancia, who mm-hmm. has a he was he's a he does a lot of work on college football, and he put it through his formula, and BYU came out as a middle of the pack P five team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so can a middle of the pack P five team rise up and defeat right now, which are four, not uh, maybe Tennessee considering but i wouldn't consider those four first four programs middle of the pack as programs no yeah they're maybe as year in and year out they have drops and stuff but two of the programs right now i would consider middle of the pack but traditionally traditionally they're they're not yeah traditionally they're not middle of the the pack but maybe right now they are yeah and but they all and they're also facing off against a team that brett siancia picked to go to the college football playoff yeah in the first game it'll be it'll be something both teams are going to be healthy in this game. There will be no excuses as far as I'm aware or understand going into this because these are both teams coming into this. This yeah. is the first game of the year. Everybody should be available barring some practice mishap happening in the next week and a half, and it's going to be settled on the field. We'll either see nine is coming or the streak will be broken. For BYU, based on what you've heard and what you um, have seen when you've as you've covered this team this mm-hmm. year, is there somewhere where you believe that they could find a advantage Yes. Against the Utes? Yes. Tight end. Okay. Matt Bushman, if Moroni Laulu Pututau is cleared in the next little bit, uh, guys like Isaac Rex, uh, some freshmen on that team, those are guys that are always going to be the difference makers for BYU against any Power 5 team in my mind. Because a guy like Matt Bushman, he's going to go to the NFL next year. I think he is set to leave early after this upcoming season. And what his advantages in this first game, Adrian, is I understand that Utah is replacing both of their linebackers. Francis Bernard is a guy who will be very familiar with Matt Bushman, having covered him during his time playing for BYU. But they are stepping into full-time starting roles at linebacker, and you're going against a guy who is a freshman All-American at tight end, has led BYU in receiving for the last two years, and the cavalcade of guys behind him. Those tight ends need to get themselves open and take advantage of maybe some of the naivete of what Utah has at that second level at linebacker in particular. They've got to get themselves open, catch passes, and be the difference. That's what I think will be the difference for BYU. I'm not saying it's a huge advantage because there's plenty of talent at linebacker for Utah. Don't get me wrong. Guys like Devin Lloyd, Francis Bernard, they are all Pac-12 caliber guys, I think, in their careers. They could Mm -hmm. have those type of seasons. But in this first game where they are still maybe getting some of the kinks worked out, that's where BYU needs to attack them. Yeah, and then we, you go back to last year. Why did, did Matt Bushman struggle to stay on the field? He was injured. And he was not blocking very well. And, and I can tell you this much. There's a coach down there. I, I've talked to him. I, I, he told me off the record, I'm not going to name names, told me that they used Matt Bushman in the wrong way last year. They kind of yeah. forced him to be like, hey, we want you to be a traditional tight end. They realized, I think, at the end of the season, looking back on it, okay. this is a guy who is Johnny Harleen, Dennis Pitta-like, where he's not your traditional put-your-hand-in-the-dirt block guys. He is the guy that's playing that slot receiver. He's a glorified, bigger-bodied receiver, but can make spectacular plays, and that's how they're going to use him this year. Yeah, they may be able to find him over the middle in that Utah game. 
And that's what they've got to be able to use. But do they need to keep them in tight? As Utah has the top defensive line in the country, and that's that's a big question mark. So that's what's so fun I'm, about I, this game. I don't like. You're totally right. Tight ends are a way that they should be. And able I'm not to saying attack. it's a huge advantage. I'm right. not saying that this is like if they get this, this is going to lead right. them to victory. It's the one thing I feel like they've got. They so they could use. I agree with you 100. They could use tight ends to attack, but do they need tight ends to stay around and help as? That group of uh, linemen for Utah is barreling down upon them. <laughs> yeah, it's so there's the chess match is going to be amazing, and it's great that we are less than two weeks away, and it's officially game preparation. We're twelve up there. days away from today. Don't worry, I'm doing a countdown on my podcast. Alex, you've been up there. Are they? How do they seem? Are they pretty confident up at Utah? Does it seem coming out of those camps? Alex has been going up every day. Yeah, I, I would say that there's a there's definitely a confidence to this Utah team that they've been showing after every single practice uh it it seems to me like it's a very quiet confidence Mm. that they're carrying themselves right there's a poise about this team hey and that's kyle whittingham's mo right there he doesn't want his guys out there like yeah we're the best blah 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 he wants his guys just to go out and handle business it's kyle whittingham's total mo it's been his way his entire career and this team i'm telling you utah looks really good based on what i've heard they do that's for sure all right coming up on the other side We'll get into the thick and the thin of it, some stories from around the world of sports that we haven't gone into. A couple of big NBA stories, including an injury that may send a little bit of a ripple across the West, and also uh, the NBA schedule. We'll get into that as well a little bit. That's all coming up next here on The Saturday Show. Welcome back to Saturday Show here, 975-1280 in the zone and the Zone Sports Network. I'm Adrian Lizer. You can follow me on Twitter at APLizer. That's L-E-I-S-E-R, spelled like Budweiser. Follow Alex behind the glass at 247 Lundy and Jake at Jacob C. Hatch. Catch all his work at 1280thezone.com, including Locked on Cougars, seven or eight soccer podcasts, a high school podcast. College football podcast. By the way, I had a member of the local media, Adrian. You are like, you know how like when Gordon Monson would talk about how Kurt Cragthorpe's always mm-hmm. writing so much yes. that he couldn't keep up. This is how I feel. Okay. I can't keep up with you. You've so, got so much doing. I had a local member of the media uh, give me this title. and I, I'm going to, Scotty, Lloyd, if you guys are listening. Is it the Bureau Chief of Utah County? No, that's that's when I self-designated oh, okay. on Twitter. No. I'm apparently I am the director of podcasting for 1280thezone.com and the Zone Sports Network. I like it because I produce a lot of the podcasts that come out of this place. Uh, by the way, if you guys want a podcast, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I know these are two guys that are lightning rods in this community, but PK and Gordon have put together a podcast. It's called In Contention. It's actually pretty fun. They have some fun with it. Good. I'm they, glad. They had a new episode that went up last night. They actually night. finally started doing it, which is the miracle. They're three episodes in. Uh, you can go to 1280thezone.com and get episode three. It went live last night. Some good stuff on various football-related topics. They had some audio from Guy Holiday, Utah wide receivers coach. That is an interview. So I encourage you guys to check that out. And apparently, yeah, I'm apparently now I've been designated as director of podcasting for 1280thezone.com. I like Sports it. Network. I like it. I don't know if you have enough room on your Twitter bio for that. I don't think I do. Anyways. But yeah, catch up. Catch Always all replace that. the bureau chief thing. And just no, I like it. Podcasting. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> I think you need to keep that. It was just forever. funny because I do a lot of stuff in Utah County because I do. live down there. No, just, I think you should. That's funny. All right. Uh, time for the thick and the thin of it brought to you by Stockton 12 Honda. Mm-hmm. 108 South Auto Mall Drive. Go check them out. We'll be down there in a couple weeks. So uh, make sure you 
Stay around for that. Um, uh, the NBA schedule, Jake, came out yeah. Monday. Uh, a lot has been made of it, but anything stand out for you? We're a few days late on it, but we, uh, we haven't gotten to discuss it. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is me. I like the NBA is still trying to reduce the amount of back-to-backs. They've Only done 11 it again. for the Jazz. Only year. 11. Uh, seven of those do come in the like roughly the second half of the season, I guess, after July after January 29th. But I do like the NBA endeavoring to do that. I'm also, like we mentioned right off the top of the show, Adrian, the fact that the NBA is becoming more aware of, hey, all of our stars are in the Western Conference, mm-hmm. and nobody on the Eastern Eastern time zone wants to stay up till 10.30 to watch LeBron, Steph, uh, name X number of stars here. They're moving those tip times earlier. 8 o'clock, okay, that's more doable. 7.30 is ideal in my mind if you right. could do that, but... I'm appreciative that the NBA realized what was going on and they've made adjustments to it. It's not perfect yet because there's still going to be some of those 8.30 starts, but I do like that the fact that the NBA is endeavoring to get their stars in prime time, and that also means the Utah Jazz are going to be playing some games that normally would probably have been 8.30, going to be at 7.30 or 8 o'clock this coming season. Yeah, the the NBA is one of the best leagues at marketing their stars. Correct. And this is a... This is the best way to do it, is to make it so everyone can see it. Yeah. It's taken too long to really get to this point, but at least they admitted that they don't have to stick with that stringent, well, the first game is in the East, the second game's in the West. Yeah. It, it, they're, they're trying to be smarter about this because they understand the power shift has come heavily yeah. to the West. And the biggest stars, the biggest names in this sport have come to the West. Well, guess what? They want to market those guys, and they're being proactive about it. I, my, I tip my cap to guys like Adam Silver and the rest of the NBA. I know they're based there in New York City. It'd be very easy for them to be like, you know what? We're still the NBA, and people, if they want to watch them, they'll stay up and do it. I think Adam Silver is smart enough to realize, hey, guess what? We need to be proactive about this. We need to continue to promote our product. We are a league that is very much ascending in terms of popularity, I still feel like. I feel like the NFL is still the peak. But even the NFL, I feel like, has had a little bit of it coming. They're coming back down the hill a little bit. The NBA is still surging up that hill. And I think doing something like this where you move those tip times, those national television window tip times earlier, only helps increase the popularity of this league. Yeah, and the NFL is obviously the most popular, but not you'd see the guys in helmets and pads. You can't really... Like the NBA is a way to market guys that they people can actually see what they look like, and so they can put them in cool commercials and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And baseball, I mean, the stars, they go, they sign three hundred million deals, and then they go away. We never hear from them again. Correct. We, it's true. And like, uh, let's be real. The, the it, best player to maybe ever play the game has been to the playoffs almost never. He plays for the Los Angeles Angels, yes. and he and he's getting buried. Right. In, in all honesty, and it, it's the thing. Bryce Harper, he's getting some run because he plays for the Philadelphia Phillies, and he happens to be in the Eastern Time Zone. But they're might not. They're not going to make the play. They're not making. Well, right. they might. They they're, might. But. but okay. But Manny Machado, who yeah. Manny Machado is a legit star. Yes, he guy is. hits bombs. He's. I know he's been accused of dirty play and whatnot, but the fact that he went to the San Diego Padres. Right. <laughs> Have fun uh, toiling in anonymity for the next two to three years until your team, which I think the Padres are very much going to be a team that's going to be a playoff team in the near future, but that's going to take two or three years. And guess what? Meanwhile, Manny's down there playing in San Diego, and the national media is like, oh, yeah, I forgot he was playing there. 
And the national consciousness is also the same way. So getting back to what the NBA has done here is, yeah, they're they're saying, okay, LeBron James went from Cleveland to, to the Los Angeles Lakers. Anthony Davis went from New Orleans to the Los Angeles Lakers. We just had Kawhi Leonard leave the Toronto Raptors and go to the Los Angeles Clippers. Those are three of the biggest names in this league. We need to get them in front of the Eastern Time Zone fans because I think they said 60% of the households in the United States are either in the Eastern or Central Time Zones. You need to get eyeballs on these guys. Well, guess what? The only way you do that is to tip games earlier on uh, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock versus 10, 11, 30 on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. So it, and the Jazz are being rewarded too they in are, that absolutely. sense 16 national games. Absolutely. So. The Jazz are going to be rewarded, and part of it is because the Jazz are considered one of the best teams in the West this year, I think, in part. But also, let's be real, some of the names that they're going to be facing are also the reason why they're on national TV yep. some nights. You're totally right about that. Um, also in the NBA, as far as USA basketball, you mentioned earlier, De'Aaron Fox, uh, a couple hours before they were supposed to fly out to Australia, mm-hmm. decided that uh, he didn't want to um, play for Team USA anymore. It was after he played a team low minutes mm-hmm. as the USA took on Spain, and that leaves, uh, you know, he, he, he that's another guard that has decided not to play anymore. I wonder, a lot of these guys now, I think when they leave, it's, Hard for them to be told that they're not playing starters minutes and things like that. Maybe you decide, well, I'm not playing a lot, so I might as well go, or I might as well leave. Not really my style, but I can kind of see what happened. Yeah, if I, that's why he left. It's true, and I. But he seemed to have solidified a spot on the team. Well, and he'd been called up from that select team. Yeah. Like, to so they'd moved him from the I guess it's almost like the junior roster to the senior roster is yeah. the easiest way to say it, I think for most people and. To have him say, you know what, I'm going to pull out and I'm going to go rejoin Sacramento and get ready for the upcoming season where we want to make a playoff push, I can understand his thinking, but at the same time, this was his opportunity, Adrian. Because yeah. guys like Donovan Mitchell, I get the Utah Jazz fans are probably apprehensive of if anything were to happen to Donovan Mitchell, it could scuttle a lot of plans that the Jazz fans have for this upcoming season. But guess what? If Donovan Mitchell, and he had a good showing in the 90-81 win over Spain in their most recent exhibition, him and uh, uh, Chris Middleton, the Milwaukee Bucks star, had two of the best showings in that game. These guys are going to go out, and they're going to play well. And Greg Popovich, who, by the way, is going to be the head coach for the Olympics next year, I think he's going to be able to say, okay, guys like these guys that stuck around here right. might have a leg up on a De'Aaron Fox who jumps ship right before you guys take off for the overseas part of this. I think it camp. says a lot about De'Aaron Fox. It does. It, if it's, I mean, I haven't read much on the reasoning other than it was he didn't play very much, and so maybe he thought he should leave. But I, I'm totally with you. Popovich can look back on maybe four years from now or five mm-hmm. years from now on the next go round, and De'Aaron Fox has all of a sudden established himself as a star. Maybe yeah. he doesn't get that spot because he bailed. And uh, it, it, I don't know. But it, uh, Team USA, mm-hmm. they they're going to be pretty good. They did get. Uh, beat pretty badly by some G League and international uh, guys earlier in the week, but they got away with a victory over Spain. Uh, was it last night, right? Correct, 90-81. to 90-81. Donovan Mitchell with 13 points led the Team USA. Chris Middleton at 12, Kemba Walker at 11. I think uh, Kemba and Donovan's a fun backcourt to watch. So, And then on the other side, Ricky Rubio put in 16 and had seven assists. Hey, good for Ricky. Yeah, good for Ricky. But it's good to see the uh, the Team USA. They're not as bad as some. I think some of the doomsday forecasters were saying right. after they got beat by that. Yeah, that G League team earlier in, on in the week. I know a lot of people were taking that as this is a bad sign for this team. Mm-hmm. Greg Popovich is too good of a coach. 
he is he is legitimately in my mind one of the best coaches if not the best in in NBA history I know that people are probably screaming Phil Jackson at me Red Auerbach you can scream all those names but he's right up there with the best of the best he's gonna make sure this team is able to do what they can do and I think guys like Donovan Mitchell are gonna have an opportunity to shine on this level and come next summer when a lot of the big names are all sudden like hey Greg hey I'm I am I'm on board with this I think guys like Kemba and Donovan might have a little bit of a leg up even then with mm-hmm. Greg Popovich because they stuck with this team when it wasn't cool or sexy to be on Team USA this year. Because a lot of guys, 30 of the 35 original yeah. members of that Team USA pool have pulled out of this World Cup. I think you're saying, I think you're spot on. I think that says a lot about guys who stuck around to try to get better and yeah. get coaching from other guys. Exactly. So, in theory, in my mind, we could see two if not three jazz guys playing in the olympics next year and i'm speaking at least of rudy gobert and donovan mitchell if donovan has a good showing in this and kemba has a good showing in this you, those could be the two leading backcourt guys going into the olympics next year in my mind i get their people are gonna be screaming at me well lebron i get it yeah the problem is is those guys will they'll just come in and they'll just keep them i get it i think donovan has a good chance to stick around for an olympic roster though I, and if he maybe makes not the lead, roster, yeah, maybe not as a starter, but I think he has a good chance. I mean, because you know, to your point, you never know what these guys' motivations are. As soon as mm-hmm. like this year, it's all about the the upcoming season and how important it is. But all of a sudden, the Olympics come around, and maybe it's not that important. So, what are your actual motivations? If all those guys decide we want to play Team USA basketball for the Olympics, then this becomes interesting. It Can does. Donovan make a team? If he decides to play, of course, mm-hmm. can he make an Olympic roster going up against Steph Curry, a James Harden, uh, Kemba Walker, Kyrie Russell Irving, Westbrook. Russell Westbrook? You know these guys who are going to hypothetically try out for that team. We'll see. I, Should I, be fun. I just wonder how much uh, Greg Popovich will play into this because Greg Popovich totally. marches to the beat of his own drum. I think mm-hmm. all of us have seen that. He doesn't. He he does his thing, and if he. I wonder how this will affect next year's Olympic team because if guys who stuck with this and if they go out and have starring roles, a Chris Middleton, a Kemba Walker, or Donovan Mitchell, they have starring roles this year. Could Greg Popovich say, okay, James, I understand that you want to play for Team USA in the Olympics here, but I'm going to reward – and I'm, James Harden probably is on the Olympic team. Let's put that aside. Right. But maybe some of the other guards that would be in the pool potentially – I wonder if he would say to them, well, guess what? These guys stuck with me last year. They understand what we're trying to do here better. I'm going to go with them over you. I wonder how that will go. Yeah. But, of course, we all know that Team USA is not just Greg Popovich's decision. There are a lot of people who, in the mix with that. And yeah. we'll see if, yeah, if the stars win out or if Greg Popovich is allowed to be like, you know what, I want this guy versus the big name over here. I certainly think it gives them an advantage. It does. I at least so. in the minds of the coaching. So. It should. It should anyway. Yeah. And I believe – Think what you want about Pop and the way he treats people sometimes in the media. He's a fan, like you said, he's a fantastic basketball coach. Yeah. All right, coming up on the other side, it's time for technical fouls, and then uh, we'll move on into the two o'clock hour as well. Stick around here on the Saturday show, 97.5-1280 Zone and the Zone Sports Network. If you're coming from the street with dirty shoes on your feet, that's a technical foul. If you switch the radio to some modern music show, that's a technical foul. If you touch the thermostat, you'll get hit with a bat. Cause that's a technical foul. You will feel my wrath. That's a technical foul. Personal file, 69, office. He was giving them the business. A technical foul. 
There you go. It is time for technical what fouls. What are we doing in this world? All right, sorry. A little off-the-air conversation. It's true. It is a great question. Uh, of course, this is technical fouls where buy we... Buy whatever, whatever you want. These Money. Tests. Yes. Money. Money's king. Money that's not actually one specific person's. But anyway, back to you, Jake. <laughs> we getting political? We stick, nope, sticking to we sports can't, here? We can't do it. Can't do it. We can call it technical foul on that if no, you want. No, I won't. I've okay. got other things. <laughs> All right. All right, Adrian. So this is technical fouls where we make fun of people doing stupid things this week. Why don't you start us off? Well, Jake, uh, early in the show, what did you show me on your phone? What did I show you on my phone? I don't remember. It was a hat. It was a 49ers oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. hat. Jake's yeah. a big 49ers fan. Now, before you buy that hat, Jake, okay. Jimmy Garoppolo throwing five picks in practice, that's the technical foul. And don't worry. They weren't one. They weren't two. They weren't three. They weren't four. They weren't five. They were five in a row. Yes, sorry, yes. Five in a row, yes. He came back and had a better practice after that. <laughs> when I saw that tweet come out, I'm like, Ooh. <laughs> the, the Vikings whooped him last year. Yeah. <coughs> the Niners paid him a lot of money. Yeah, on, they did. Off of, of nothing. Of, so, Off of being Tom Brady's backup. We're going to see how that goes. Five interceptions yeah, he in might, a row. He might have a better practice later in the week. Come on. That's Nathan Peterman style. It was Nathan Peterman. By the way, you watching Hard Knocks? Uh, no. I I don't have HBO <laughs> did, anymore. They did a special on Nathan Peterman last night, like because he's one of the guys competing for the backup job with the Raiders. And of course, what do they go to? Nathan Peterman in his first ever right. <laughs> He that guy earns so much time off of practice, and then when he gets in a game, it's like he forgets how to football. Yeah, well, he's cashing checks, and I can't. No, I know him. I can't. I'd say more power to you, yeah. Nathan. Like, oh, yeah. and John Gruden loves him. Yes. So. Anyway, five yeah. picks there, yep. five interceptions in a in, row, Jimmy in, Garoppolo, wait, Jimmy football. The Niners only owe him $137 million. Okay, anyways. Um, technical foul on Connor McGregor, of course, the MMA star. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Well, apparently he uh, punched a, an older gentleman in an argument over whiskey, and the old dude, good credit to him, didn't even really phase him, it looked like. Okay, so this story... I, I don't actually know what happened, but all I've got is what the headlines say. So, yes, technical foul on Connor for punching an old dude. In the so face. what it was is he gave him proper 12 whiskey is the uh, whiskey brand that like he, he has owned. Yeah. He gave it to this guy, and the guy refused. He didn't want it. He's like, no, I'm not drinking. <laughs> I've got my own I whiskey. I've got my own over here. I, and credit to the old man. He took a shot from a guy who is notorious in a way for punching good people. good 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 pull there good pull he has um he's beaten up a lot of people in his career and this dude old irish gentleman takes it right on the chin and barely faces him my question to okay. all our irish listeners who are out there i know you're listening right now uh-huh. uh in ireland how many of these arguments go down a day in an irish pub <laughs> Right over whiskey and which whiskey you want to drink and what's the probably more than a few i i figure this is just a normal occurrence but but, but he clocked him this and is that a old guy, guy he sat he took yeah. it and then he went out i'm sure he just went on with his day that's the thing though this guy like conor mcgregor has made millions and millions and millions of dollars from beating people to a bloody pulp yes and this 60-ish <laughs> year old gentleman in an irish pub Takes one square on the chin from one of the best or one of the most notorious. Hey, MMA, that's my joke. Uh, notorious MMA fighters in the world and 
barely phases him. I know. I love it. I love that part. So technical foul on Conor McGregor because he continues to find himself in yeah. all kinds of legal hot water with all this stuff. These antics are out of control. But big ups to the 60-year-old Irishman that took it on the chin and didn't yeah. even phase him. I love that. It's one of the most um, well-known Irish athletes in the world, mm-hmm. if not the most well-known. Yeah. Maybe, you know, there's a couple of guys, Rory McIlroy, some other guys. Northern but, Ireland. Yeah, but um, – Walks into a pub and tries to give a guy a free whiskey, and he says no. Yeah. That's my favorite part of it. He's like, no, I don't want this. And your, your whiskey's crap. Takes a shot yeah. right at him, yeah. Do you got one, Alex? Yeah. Uh, so, technical foul on Amazon. Oh. Okay. So, Amazon says that its facial recognition can now identify fear. What? From a blog post. Hold on. The company says, with this release, we have further improved the accuracy of gender identification. In addition, we have improved accuracy for emotion detection for all seven emotions, happy, sad, angry, surprised, disgusted, calm, and confused, and added a new emotion, fear. So this is just great because as Boston... Yeah. Skynet's happening. You look at Boston Dynamics inventing robots that can sprint through forests and now they can identify fear. When these things decide to (laughs) rise up, it's it's just like, that one, that one's afraid, let's target him first. And I'm just like... Guys, we like. Have yeah. you not seen any movies? I, Skynet, that's the maybe. thing. It's like it, it's they're fictional, and then stuff starts getting. We're here's, getting close. Here's the thing. I've told my wife. I don't. Ha- we don't have any of those like personal like Google, the Amazon, like the personal assistants we don't have in the house because I'm like I don't want people spying on me. But then she's like, I live right next to the NSA data center, right down there. In oh Utah yeah, County. you've got a. So I, they've, they've already got like they've already you've got, got a microphone in yeah, your exactly. oven. Like you're. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, so I don't even need to get one. It's, they're already spying on me as it is. So I just. Oh, that's funny. I guess goodness. they have uh, like the they have delivery robots now in California. Correct. They look like little trash cans, like like little droids from Star Wars. We got time for one more, real quick. Yeah. Technical foul you? on Disney World. Man, we're just going after all the big guns today. Well, okay, so <laughs> Disney World's going to be hosting the yeah, season debut of College Game Day next week at the Magic Kingdom in Orlando because the game is Miami, Florida. They're playing in Camping World Stadium there in Orlando. Well, Old Crimson, it's a flag that has tra- literally traversed the country multiple times. It's the flag, it's Washington State flag that has gone all over the country. It's been at 224 straight College game days, you see it flying in the back there every time. There's a network of Washington State Cougar fans that do it. Well, uh, because they're having college game day there at the Magic Kingdom Park, no flags are allowed in the park, so the streak is at uh, risk of being snapped. I'm guaranteeing, though, there's going to be some Washington State fan who's going to pay the hundred whatever dollars to get into the Magic Kingdom that day, going to have a little sneaky little pole and the flag. They're going to get up there behind the college game day. Wave it once or twice, get escorted out of the park, get kicked out <laughs> by stormtroopers or but, something. But it'll still it'll still keep the streak alive, and it'll be worth every dime that they paid to get into that park. Well, yeah. and I think that I saw a thing that as well that they're not allowing signs. Yeah, no, right. the no park, signs. Yeah. Which is like one of the big. It's college game day. It's their it's gimmick. Finest, it's yeah. their thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. I don't. I don't understand why you can't just have like a fenced off section that's like technically in Disneyland, but or Disney World. Yeah, and you just. You you can adjust your rules if you so choose. Correct. Like, if you're Disney World, you could say, well, that is our policy, but ESPN is here today. Mm. We'll let 100 people in here and do the thing that they're known for. We'll fence them off so they can't continue on, and then they have to pay the 100. These people who go to game day have to pay to get in. To Disney World. 
And it, you, it, I've been to, I went to Disneyland in May, and I can tell you, it cost me a good arm and a leg to get in there. So, good luck to y'all. Yeah, that, <laughs> it makes no sense to me. Yeah. All right, uh, we're way over, so we'll have more coming up on the other side here on the Zone Sports Network.